Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. So it's really taking our brains to the gym, so yeah. to speak, you know, so it starts at that, then it's getting clear around the values, then it's getting clear about your most joyous strengths, because there's lots of things that you and I are good at that don't necessarily make us happy. No. <laughs> Girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. How many of you are guilty of spinning way too many plates and you don't necessarily provide yourself with the opportunity to experience any form of joy in your life until all of that, all of those boxes are checked? Well, yeah, me too. Today's guest is an overachiever, business development coach, and professional speaker. After 20 years in the legal interest 
industry, a field with extreme rates of burnout, she witnessed her successful peers deal with high levels of anxiety, worry, and stress. At the peak of her career, she stepped away from her business to embark on her own joy journey. She founded Joychiever to help other achievers, to help overachievers define their unique joy journey and apply their ambition to achieve a balanced, happy life. So please help me by welcoming Tracy Lund. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Veronica. Happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. So I'm reading your book. I'm doing as much research as I can on you. And it's like, holy moly. I, my listeners aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'll explain. I identify so much with Lauren. It's like me and Lauren are totally homies. Like we've never met, but we're totally, <laughs> we're totally, totally sisters. And I say that because, um, Tracy, you do a great job of really capturing the reader with like, just not only your examples, but like so many ways we can relate. And Lauren being this overachiever who was initially, um, initially um, reprimanded by her dad, who didn't understand the difference between E's and F's, you know, and still, even though she knew he was wrong, the amount of shame and disappointment um, that not only did she see in her father, but also felt in herself that haunted her for a good amount of her life. And I think we all struggle with that. Um, so before your success, cause you've had a great amount of success before your success. Can you tell me your failure stories? Well, the Lauren story is, is my story. Mm-hmm. That was, that, you know, that was my dad. So it starts at six years old (laughs) in the way that we're raised. And then we internalize over time those expectations for ourselves. And, you know, it was interesting. I, I was, I was going to say lucky enough to graduate valedictorian. That's not actually true. I worked my butt off to graduate high school as valedictorian and then went into college and still got straight A's in that first semester. And then I said to myself, when can I stop being perfect? You know, when is good, good enough? And I think that was part of the understanding of, okay, something's got to give, you know, and I, and I didn't really understand fully what that meant at 18 years old. No, no. But it's, it's interesting because when you say, what's your failure story, that next semester, I got one A, two Bs, a C and a D. Oh, Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, oh, I never gotten Bs in my life and now I've got a D and now mind you, I, and thankfully, after I got over the shame and guilt of giving a D, which by the way, there's no shame in getting a D. No. It's, just, it's a, But I had to reframe it for me of, this is not failure. This is an indicator of accounting is not my strength. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but at first we look at it as failure because we're supposed to always be you know, on that path of success, success, success. Yeah. Um, so I like, I like this quote. It says, sometimes the hardest goal to achieve is a rich, happy life. Um, overachievers often fall victim to what I call the once I syndrome. Once I work hard enough to get the right job, get promoted, get the kids into college, make enough money or retire, then I can have fun or enjoy my life. I, I have to be honest, I totally struggled with this myself. I remember as a kid, I would go up to my dad and say, you know, I got into this, it was um, called Upward Bound and you were able to attend college. So I was able to go to UCSD 
for summer, not because I was doing poorly, but actually because I was doing well. And so you got to take college credits or college classes to earn college credits. And I remember going to my dad and I was so, so excited. I'm like, dad, guess what? Like totally going to go to UCSD for the summer. And I remember my dad looking at me and saying, well, what is that going to do for me? And it was like, the message I received back then was, that's not enough. You have to try harder. You have to work more. You have to do more. And so I ended up being that high achiever. You know, okay, well, what's next? Anytime I was introduced to something new, you know, whether it be a job, whether it be a task, it was like, oh, well, I have to do it because it's been, you know, I was brought to my attention and why the hell not? Why do you... so? I mean, I think we kind of answered it, but why do you think we, we not only fall victim to this, but we like literally imprison ourselves in this mindset? Yeah, I, I think, I think some of it is candidly based on our value set as individuals. Yeah. You know, I would imagine in your value set, you have some version of excellence or perfection or yeah. something like that, that, that drives us. Underneath, in fact, I was asked not long ago of, you know, kind of what's the difference between perfectionism and, and, and overachieving. And I think perfection is a value that has a huge amount of benefit. And overachievers take it to the extreme. And we all know that anything to the extreme is never good for us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it is a drive within us, I think, of our values. And it's, it's, learning how to navigate that so that we don't also burn ourselves out in the process. Do you think it also is part of how we see ourselves? Like it now becomes our identity. Absolutely. And and how others see us. And so when we try to be different or try to change, they get surprised or saying, well, that's, that's not the way that you do things. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Hang on. You know, maybe it's not the way I want to do things. And so you need to let me have some room in order to figure out what that is and how that could be. And especially being a mom, you know, whether you're a working mom or not a working mom, those expectations are huge because you are, you are steering lives. You now, and there's a lot of expectation to do that well, that we place, that is placed upon us. And also we place upon ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's where that road, that journey to being that overachiever you know, um, truly becomes, um, what is the word? It it becomes our own monster, Hmm. right? Yeah. It's a gremlin. It's it's the gremlin on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, um, I wanted to make sure I highlighted this too, the top five regrets of dying. You highlighted that book and, you know, a couple of them, when I was reading, I was like, you know, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So as a mom, we are, there's a high level of expectations on the type of mother we need to be. You know, we're we're the mom who has the clean house, we're the mom with the clean kids, who obedient kids, we're the mom who has it all together, has all of the answers. And all at the same time, we're well-rested, well put together, you know, and we're excited about life, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how the hell that even makes sense. I know. Right? And at no time are we are we allowed, and what I mean by that is at no time do we really give ourselves permission to experience life. We're so busy trying to coordinate it for everybody else. Very rarely do we take a step back and 
and take part in the joys of life. Um, and we stick to that being that overachiever. We stick to, you know, having the tasks dictate our identity. Um, another regret was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. When I look at the overachiever and then I look at the mom, there's, there's so many parallels, but in addition to that, one question I often ask my moms is, are you happy? Are you happy? And if not, why, why aren't you allowing yourself to be happy? So, you know, I have, I have to be honest, if you were to tell me, you know, Hey, Veronica, I'm going to strip you of all of those tasks. And I really want you to embrace life. Like I'm going to tell you right now, because I did, I, I fought tooth and nail to have some form of control. What are your steps? What's your process? And you do mention this in your book. There's seven steps, I believe. But what is your process for us to, I don't want to say let go, to release, release that illusion of control and embrace, embrace life, embrace joy? Yeah. Veronica, I think a lot of it has to do with that we don't actually know ourselves deeply enough. Yes, yes. And this comes from somebody who felt like she knew herself pretty well. And, and what I've realized on the journey and when, why I have the book fashioned in the way that I have is, is to do that deeper dive. And if, if folks haven't done it before, the Joy Achiever journey lays it out in order. You know, start with Perceptions Vista, then goes to Values Village, then think about your strengths. And so I've put it in that order. Yeah. I'm also developing a questionnaire so people can identify which of those seven areas might be their places to start. And it's in a refined, it's a refinement of awareness. So let me take values since we talked about them already. You know, most people are unable to list their exact values, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, also know what their personal definition of each of those values are. And why I think that's critical is they are the, the, they're the undercurrent by which we make all of our decisions. And, and we, we are all entitled to our own distinct and unique values. Yeah. And so I think every person who's struggling with this and wants to be happier needs to go get clear ex- with exactly what their values are. And, and I have a, a survey on my website where people can go download those values cards or just Google value sort exercise. Cause that tells a lot about you. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not what you think your values should be by the way, cause that's the struggle. Yes. Yes. It, it, cause I, I'm happy to be philanthropic in the world, but it's not, not one of my top 10 values. Yeah. And it doesn't make me a bad person because I don't want to spend all my weekends at a soup kitchen as an example. No. It, it just, it just is. And letting that be okay. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really important for people to understand. And so, so I think it's that kind of awareness, really deep down, well-refined awareness of ourselves so that we know how to make small daily choices for joy. Because I think when you say to someone, are you happy? Well, no, I'm not. Okay, well, then be happier. Well, uh, That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And it's not like anybody's going to read this book or have a coaching session with you or what have you. And then all of a sudden like, oh, hey. I got it. I got got it. it. No, No. because that's not life. You know, we have to make choices every day based on what's in front of us, what we're dealing with, what's coming at us to say, okay, given all this, what what choices can I make today that can help this be a a more joyful day? How do we do that? So a lot of women get stuck with what I, I love that you just said. It's not what you think other people um, want joy to look like, right? So how do we do that? How do we find our own joy? How do you, how do we find what lights us up? 
Yeah, well, it's it's in it's all in all of those seven true self steps. So it's how you perceive the world. So it's glass half empty, glass half full, mm-hmm. if you will. And and little known fact is that our our brains take in eleven million bits of information every second from all five of our senses, yeah. but we can only process forty of them at a time. And so we are consciously or subconsciously choosing what to focus on, and and so it's focusing on the positive or starting to focus on the positive. So that's where things like kindness and gratitude and mindfulness and meditation and exercise come into play because when we're focused on the negative, certain parts of our brain get triggered. And when we're focused on the positive, different parts of our brain get triggered. So it's really taking our brains to the gym. So it speaks, you know, so it starts at that, then it's getting clear around the values. Then it's getting clear about your most joyous strengths because there's lots of things that you and I are good at that don't necessarily make us happy. No. <laughs> how do we determine between the two? That's great. I'm glad you said that. So, so how do, how do we know like, okay, we're really good at this, but it doesn't necessarily make us happy. So some clues are, how does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, do you look forward to that activity? Does time fly by? Do you feel super energized? Are, are you smiling? You know, at the end of you, do you feel really proud of that accomplishment. Like those are some of the clues that you are engaging in activity that is leveraging uh, uh, one of your most joyous strengths. I think one place, so as you're saying that, I'm, try, I'm trying to put me in here. One thing that happens for me is I start something new. It's a new mission. It's a new goal. I get so super focused in it. I'm all about it. It's exciting. And then I met with some form of failure or I, then I met with some form of judgment or criticism. And then, you know, I've learned throughout the years that you have to challenge that. You got to challenge it, recognize that it is an insecurity of yours and work on it. However, what I've noticed with most women is, okay, well, yeah, it brings me joy, but other people are criticizing it. My husband doesn't believe in it. So maybe I need to just bring it back. My husband's not supporting it. I don't have time to really do it. So... It, it goes back in the basket, never to be uncovered again. Mm, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And, it, and I think I, I go back to some self-exploration of, okay, is it a, a finite activity? You know, does it, does, it, does it really tap into my most joyous strength? Or have I done it and now I'm like, okay, got that. And I'm, am I on to the next thing? Some folks just like to, you know, serial entrepreneurs, if you will. Yeah or serial idea creators or really great idea creators. But then once they get to a certain point or get certain challenges, like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm not an operations person. I'm an idea creator. Yeah. So, so I would examine that to figure out what exactly is going on and where that joy is coming from. If it is something that brings you joy and you're suffering because you're letting other voices Mm -hmm. stop you, then that's a confidence thing. Yeah. You know, and so that's a uh, go back and discover what is, what is it about this idea that you thought was really valid and valuable and why is it that, ex- that it excited you and yeah. then look to explain it to others in a way that can tap into that excitement from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. Now the husband may not get it because he's coming, he's seeing it from a different view, but if you can figure out how to translate why it makes you excited into ways that it makes him excited, then he might have a different view of it and can get behind you on it and continue because perseverance is tough for anybody. Oh, absolutely. I think another thing we, we tend to do also is we tend to stick with what's familiar. 
And so as long as we continue on this task, do all of these things, even though it drives us nuts, even though we're overwhelmed or even carry resentment towards our family, we'll still do it because it gives us that high. Hence the reason why, you know, a lot of overachievers end up being burnt out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love how you said, like, being able to do a personal inventory on where you're at. Well, and pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone is hard. Yes. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And, and really in some ways, forcing someone to look at themselves takes a lot of courage too. I have a girlfriend who's participating in Joy Achiever with me and I sent her a survey that I wanted her to fill out. And she said, are you nuts? (laughs) Me me and navel gazing don't go together. I "Uh I understand. That's why you're doing this. This is how you do it. This is how I give it to you. Yeah, exactly. And, and I got you. You know, yep. I got whatever your answer is, is okay. Yep. Yep. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a quiz just for you. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. This quiz is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas, and I'm on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success, but it starts with you first. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash quiz. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. Another one is, is your life sustainable? This goes for both stay-at-home mothers and mothers who go to work. That's a question I'd like to ask is, is your life sustainable? In your book, it's um, you go into like having a comprehensive roadmap, you know, um, because we recognize that doing this isn't. I can't tell you how many moms have said, I don't even, I I can't tell you the last time I went to a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment. I can tell you when my, my kid's last immunization was, but I can't tell you the last time I've gone to a doctor appointment. And what are your thoughts about that? Like, so let's say the overachiever is struggling with letting go with, you know, and adopting this new, this new lifestyle, this new path. How do you inter intertwine? Like, okay, like, you know, can you do this for another five years? Yeah, right. In, in in the book, in the Body Beach chapter, I yes. talk about uh, stress, sleep, and exercise. For the stress segment, and, and I don't go very deep into stress because there's a whole industry out there about stress management. Yeah. But what I think is important for us as achievers is to recognize those signs of stress. So there are listed 27 symptoms or signals that our bodies are under stress. And I'm talking like chronic stress. And I wanted to include that because when I was at my height of being stressed, because it's not, it's unreasonable to say we're not going to be stressed. I'm not saying that. No, we're all going to do it. Yeah. But I was exhibiting 18 of the 27 symptoms. Holy moly. Yes. You know, I thought about in the last two weeks, what's happening for me. And those are things from insomnia, too much wine, yeah, <laughs> being irritable, um, having headaches, you know, so there's a variety of physical mood behavior kinds of things. And that 
I put that in the book because I want that to be a wake up call for folks. And I want them to literally count. Like, where are you now? I'm not going to go out and suggest, okay, well, if you have 10, you're in the okay range. People have to figure that out Mm -hmm. for themselves, but nobody, we need a mirror to, to, to look into. And that was the closest one that I could in a brief way, share or, or give to folks to let them do, have the aha moment of, okay, this isn't right. And yeah. I, something's got to change here because that's, that's not sustainable because our, our bodies will literally, I mean, my body was crying uncle was yeah. literally like, Hey, and what do we do? We ignore it. We like power through it. Keep going. We say it's just temporary or I just got to get the kids to graduation, then it'll be okay. Or we accept it as, um, well, I got promoted into this, to a boss role. So what kind of, you know, we rationalize mm-hmm. all of it, all of it, all of it. But, yep. and, and I want folks to pay attention to it. Yeah. What are the consequences if we don't? You die. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm really, really glad you said that. Um, I can't tell you how many people that fall into this category come in severely depressed, severely anxious and suicidal, suicidal. I mean, that's, that's not the road they wanted to go down. That's not the road that they at all expected. You know, I can't tell you how many men have come that very, very well-established men and women. And they'll say, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Like all of a sudden I'll, and my, you know, my heart's racing. I have all of these racing thoughts and I'm like panicking. What the hell is this? And then the other day I had to go to the hospital because I thought I was dying. And it's like, you're experiencing a panic attack. That's what a panic attack is. And well, why? Because the amount of stress you've put on your body, your body does not forget. It keeps tally of everything you're doing to it. And if you run it ragged long enough, it's going to shut down. It has to to protect itself. These racing thoughts that you're experiencing are all all what you've contributed to when you've done way too much and you've ignored those red flags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So we're not going to let this go. You know, I'm, I'd like to say, you know, okay, every joy, you know, overachiever is going to realize they're an overachiever. They're going to realize their symptoms. You know, they're going to, they're going to say, okay, I need a timeout. However, that's not necessarily the truth. A lot of them wait until they're in maybe, you know, my, my private, my office saying, okay, I need therapy and I also need medication. What was it for you? I remember reading about loss of hair. You know, you took pride in your hotel points and your airline points. What was what was it for you that it was like, I literally can't do this enough? Yeah, it, it, it's when at the time I, I wasn't aware of the 27 symptoms and that I was experiencing 18 of them. I was just plain miserable. So I was having heart palpitations and the hair was thinning and I felt like I, all I thought about was work. I don't, my husband, and I don't have children. And, and in some ways that's a blessing because having those folks in your life has, it creates boundaries that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. We didn't have to pay attention to that. So everything could be about work. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband's an overachiever also. Oh, so and yeah. And so it, it was just that sheer misery and dreading getting out of bed every, every day. And I was probably on the path of depression at that time, but candidly, I think I just didn't even give myself enough space to be depressed <laughs> because yeah. I had it so filled with things to do. Um, and so that's really what prompted me to say, 
hang on. And with, with my husband's support, he was a huge factor in, in encouraging me to be me and do what I needed to do for me. Yeah. I think another thing that is very important for us to realize is there's never going to be a perfect time to reset. There's, there's not, it's not going to be after you've checked everything on the box. It's not going to be after you've gotten that promotion. It's not going to be after you've made a certain amount of money. Like I like to give the example of, you know, we set a goal to run this marathon, you know, the overachiever is the marathon was in California and the overachievers in Miami still running, never, you know, ever, right. Never turn right. around to celebrate <laughs> any of their successes. Yeah. Like yeah. we're just, we're still running. We're on our way to Africa or wherever the hell, you know, still running, still yeah. running. Right. right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, and I want people to, to manage it before they get to that point. Yes. 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 You know? Yes. And, and I don't, cause I ended up, leaving this great, great, well, I was part owner of a company and I left and I took eight months off. And while that sounds glamorous and kind of like eat, pray, love, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of hard work and scary as hell. And, and yeah. I actually don't want folks to do that. And yeah. why I've written the book in the way that I have, I want them to manage it. And, and candidly, I've, I've also written in a way because it is a journey. And, and if the goal is to get to our happy place, however, an individual defines it, you're going to revisit these places that I talk about. Uh, because suddenly you may have a health issue, so you're going to go to Body Beach, or maybe your family dynamic changes, so you want to go back and revisit your value, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And so it's this evolving, fluid thing called life, and and yeah. recognizing where you need to make choices for you. You know, it's interesting. In January of this year, I had an opportunity to launch a new service. For I have two businesses, and so for the other business, and because I had created it during COVID as a way to potentially make money. And I thought, well, I've got this asset. I'm going to monetize this thing and let's go yeah. do it. And it started to stress me out and mm-hmm. really stress me out. And finally, I had a big epiphany one day of, hey, this is causing me more pain than joy. Yeah. Why? Why? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And, and someone said, well, yeah, but that wasn't joyful. I said, no, no, no. No, this is how I've evolved. Previously, that might have taken me, you know, a year mm-hmm. to figure that out. Yep. This time, it only took me three weeks. Yep. Like that that's success. Like that's, that's the joy to the method. Is sometimes you don't know. You have to get in and be living with it to understand that it's not a good fit for you. So it's not like we're going to know which choices automatically are going to bring us joy. No. But we need to be paying attention to those signs when we see them, and not let ourselves get into that trap. Yes. Of letting it, yes. of let that, letting that agony go on and on and on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in, I think, believe it's chapter five, it's strengths mountain. Make the best part of your job, the biggest part of your job. How, how do we do that? Yeah. So it's getting clear on your, on your most joy strengths. And, and I suggest to folks that if they, so it's paying attention to those signals, you know, yep. what, what, what's fun to do. You could also do a time study. I encourage people to, to look at kind of what is a more normal week or two weeks mm-hmm. and literally create a calendar every 15 minute increments, jot down what you're doing and, and rate it on a scale of one to five of what's most invigorating for you and what's not. And then go back and look at it and okay. see where there are patterns. So first you've got to figure that out. Pay attention to what people tell you you're really good at or where you light up. Then the tough part comes in having that conversation with the powers that be in order yeah. to make it the biggest part of your job. 
And, and so there's some tips in there about how to maybe talk with your boss to say, this is really an invigorating strength for me. Is there anything that we could do within my current role so I could do these kinds of activities more? Yeah. Because I'm not saying it's going to be 100%. No. Probably not likely. Yeah. So that's one example. Or now that we have this awareness of these most joyous strengths, it's volunteering for projects that yeah. enable us to lead into those strengths. Um, asking a teammate to do something that doesn't invigorate you because it mm-hmm. might invigorate them. them. And so, you know, those are some ideas or, or getting additional training or if it's not going to happen at work, maybe doing volunteer things yeah. that let you lean into those strengths. So it's, it's being willing to talk to folks and letting them know what you need yeah. in a work environment so that they can ultimately, you know, craft your role so that you're leaning more into your strengths. It makes you so much more productive. It makes the team so much, the, the, it builds up the camaraderie of the team because you're able to communicate these needs. Um, in a household, same thing. Um, I, I hate to admit this, right? I hate to admit this, but I absolutely hate to cook. I, I don't. I don't want to do it. I will supervise. I will be the taster. I will do all of those things. I will be the cheerleader that dances in the background, hyping you up so that food is well-flavored, right? I will do those things gladly. And had a conversation with my husband, you know, cooking is, it, I I can do it. I can do it well. However, I don't want to do it. I don't. Right. A beautiful thing that we, fa- we, we found out as a couple is my husband absolutely loves to cook. So much so that if my ass goes into the kitchen and tries to like add salt to anything or whatever, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, go, go. This is mine. (laughs) I'm doing it. He invites me every now and then to cook a meal, you know, so he has time off. But for the most part, it's worked so well because I get to tend to other things, you know, maybe our kids needs, myself, whatever, but have the impact that it's had on, on our relationship has been significantly, I mean, it, it's just taken this significant change. This, it's been amazing. It's been so amazing. And you know, the things that he doesn't want to do, he and I've had conversations on whether or not we hire people. Exactly. Right. Like, and figuring it out in our budget, what that would look like. And it's, it's so when we're home, we're home, we're both present, we're both connected because we both do, we, you know, I have my practice and then I have Empowered and Unapologetic, you know, and he has the stuff he has going on with his work, but it's just, it's how we can make this functional, you know, not how we want to be perceived by other people. Yeah, totally. And thankfully we live in a world where there's lots of people who can do a number of those things. Oh, hell Yeah. Yeah, gladly. And and really love to do it. Glad yes, gladly. Yeah. Yolanda and her two life crew come over here, <laughs> do an amazing <laughs> job at cleaning. Um, exactly. Way better than I would. Way better than I would. <laughs> um, so I wanted to also ask, um, oh my God, I got so caught up in like thinking of Yolanda and her two life crew. <laughs> so what would you say lights you up? Where do you find the most joy? Goodness. It's interesting because I don't think there's one answer that, <laughs> to that because there's so many different things. When I'm, when I, in, in, a, in a work sense, when I can deliver a workshop that people really dig in and mm-hmm. try to figure themselves out and figure out how to make themselves the best version of themselves, you know, that, that's one thing that provides me a lot of joy. Uh, 
curiosity is one of my values. And for my husband and I, that results in a lot of travel. And so we, you know, we had one year where we went to 11 countries in Hell one yeah. year. Oh, that's awesome. And, and so, you know, that provides me a lot of joy, which has been challenging for the last year with COVID. So yes. what we'll do instead is we call it travel porn, where we will <laughs> get on the TV or the internet and find shows that will, you know, satisfy that travel need. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll open the wine that go, you know, for watching Italy, we'll drink Italian wine or, you <laughs> know, but <laughs> if we're going to do in Spain, we'll drink Spanish wine um, to, because we've had to still fill that need. Yes. Even though yes. we can't literally get on an airplane. Um, I, I love dear friends. I'm, I don't have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances and I have a lot mm-hmm. of people who are clients that, whom I love and adore, yeah. but I have a core group of really good friends. And so a good catch up with them or my girlfriend and I just last Saturday, just, we were doing shopping for her house, yeah. so to speak, you know, we were on supposed mission and then we stopped for lunch and had two bottles of wine and just let the afternoon <laughs> go by. And it was Fabulous. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Awesome. You know, so, so those are, and, and of course, all the time spent with my husband. I happen to be on a business trip with him this week. We're both in, happen to be in the same city. And so just, we had a date night last night in a different city together on a random Tuesday. And it was awesome. Oh, so it sounds like you do whatever you got to do to be able to embrace the moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, a question I ask all of my guests too is, um, well, you kind of answered it with regards to joy. I'll ask it again, or I'll ask it, I'll ask this one. What are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? I am being hyper aware of when I am not happy. Ooh, yes, yes. And paying attention to why that is. And is it, is it temporary or is it something I'm doing or something I need to change? You know, the, the joy achiever journey book is new. And so I'm really doing a lot to promote that. Mm-hmm. And because I want that to be what I talk about full time going forward. Cause I, I believe it's my calling. It's great. But that comes with a lot of activity. <laughs> yeah. with, that's been a steep learning curve for things I didn't know about. Number one, writing a book and all the social media stuff, you know, everything that comes <laughs> with starting a business. <laughs> Uh, and I've started other businesses, but not like this one. And, yeah. and so I'm just trying to stay ever vigilant of, okay, is this just a period of the business mm-hmm. that's, that's just scary and, and not providing joy? Or are there choices that I can make that I need to shift something, you know, to, to make it more joyful? So that's what I'm doing right now because there's a lot going on because yeah. like you, you know, you've got your practice and and the podcast, I've got this other business too, frankly, that is paying for Joy Cheever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's picked up. So there's, there's a lot. And so there's, I'm trying to just sift through all the activity and pay attention to my mind and my body and my emotions mm-hmm. and when I'm not happy and do I need to be doing something different to, to navigate all that activity. That's one thing I love about this book is although we're able to identify, you know, where, where maybe we've, we've, um, we haven't failed, but where maybe we've, we've slid, you know, down this unhealthy path, 
you're able to utilize those seven steps to bring you back. And there's going to be one thing I want to make sure I mention is there's going to be a lot of that. You know, you've been that overachiever for a good amount of your time and you're challenging that voice in your head that says you're not enough until you meet this, these goals. So there is going to be back and forth. And I love the way you, you, you titled your chapters because you are able to go back, you know, um, to whatever chapter is in your current season and use that as a reference as guide. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and I want folks to keep achieving and not, and not telling people not to be their natural no. achieving selves, you know, that's what we're about and keep overachieving if you want to, but just make sure that it's joyful. Bingo. Bingo. My last question, what advice would you give to the mom who feels stressed and disconnected? I would focus on you. You've got to feel that, me reservoir and, and find, even if it's 15 minutes in a week, because if you've even just focus on that, you will find other 15 minute pockets within a week and also make it an active conversation in your household Mm -hmm. because likely other folks in your household are as overwhelmed too. And so if you can put that as a priority to just Cause you're giving, you're giving, 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 you empty your reservoir every day, every week, and you've just got to feed it. Yep. You've got to take care of it and fill that back in. And so that would be my, my, my one piece of advice is just put, be conscious about putting back in the new reservoir. Love it. Love it. So where can everybody find you? Yeah, they can find me at the, I have a website, joychiever.com. Joychiever journey. The book is available on Amazon and all the other retailers. You know, what's really fun is I do a weekly joy journal on Fridays. Nice. It's a a short little four or five paragraph little dose of inspiration that goes out on Friday morning. So I encourage folks to to sign up for that. And then there's going to be a number of different offerings that are in the works. And I'm really excited to have people engage with Joy Cheever going forward. I'm super excited. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. It has been. Thank you, Veronica. This was really fun. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Ball Mom Podcast, beta male revolution or imperfect thriving go to practice of forward slash network this podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered this is given with the understanding that neither the host practice of the practice or the guests are providing legal mental health or other professional information if you need a professional you should find one I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. 
I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and to our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. 
from ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.